check one, check two. Mm-hmm. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming to you live and direct from Brooklyn with a great guest. Uh, one of my good friends, He's uh, he tours around the country. He plays uh, Union Hall, Bell House, all the comedy clubs in uh, New York City. He's also fascinating. He started out as a Christian rapper. Uh, we had him on an earlier episode, but I think he's one of the dopest ever. Please give it up for Rufat Agavi, everybody. What's up? It's Rufat Agayev. Agayev. No, no problem. I don't ever get like upset when people uh, like the first name is hard enough. If you can get through that, then you've kind of like entered into. I love them both. Rufat, I always remember because mm-hmm. it it just sounds. It just sounds good, and it comes off. It's a good two-syllable punch. Yeah, it's a two-syllable punch. Robbie was my name growing up. Robbie? Robbie. Robbie, yeah, yeah. Robbie. Robbie. But uh, it's hard to introduce yourself when you get older as Robbie. So yeah. That's why I, I slipped in Rob when mm. I was crossing over from 21 to getting into 23. That's when I hit him with the good old R-O-B. Dang, so there was a time you were just Robbie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Robbie, Robbie. Everybody from D.C. that I grew up with uh, knew me as uh, Little Robbie. <laughs> and now I'm just Big Rob. John uh, Cash is different, right? That'd be a different... I know John. I know a John Cash. You know a John Cash? I do know but a yeah, John. if you know if Johnny decided to go John... Yes. That it'd be a little different. The songs would be a little bit more conservative, right? Oh, very much so. No fulsome prison stuff. No, no. John Cash gets nine to five... You know, he's getting home to his <laughs> wife. He's not taking speed. He's not shooting anybody. John is uh, holding it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John's can hold it down. Rufat's can hold it down. Uh, Agayev, right? Did I say it yeah, that right? Yeah, that was correct. Now tell me, you were like, you started in Florida, right? You're originally a Florida cat. I, I lived in Florida for some time when I was from, uh, from like a teenager up until I graduated college. So about about 10 close to 10 years in in florida in uh st pete in tallahassee nice mm-hmm. is that when i met you because i met you right when you came to new york right am i right mm-hmm. or maybe you're no, like no no years no in? you didn't meet me right when i came to new york i came to new york and did and i was still rapping and doing music for about four years and then i started comedy uh, basically like the start of 2015 word yeah so you did meet me when i first started but no i was in new york for you know like a a substantial amount of time to where like i got a chance to see the city uh and then you know i kind of locked it all up being a comedian yeah yeah i remember when you made a big switch and uh no you weren't you were just like i'm doing comedy now like you hung Mm -hmm. out at the spots you smoked weed with us. You goofed off. Um, you started going out to, sp- but you know, you've always been dead serious. Because how long did you uh, do hip hop for? I mean, I I was uh, I was I was rapping since I was thirteen up until about fourteen years. Oh my god! Yeah, I was I've been like rapping and performing and writing music. Yeah, since thirteen up until I was like twenty seven. You know, most artists like kill themselves when they're twenty seven. I just started, or I just stopped rapping when i was 27 that's when i started doing comedy i know uh yeah i started comedy in 27 i wasn't doing any rapping before that i was doing some sales cold calls (laughs) i think it was Uh, like i think 
who 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 I think it's you me and I think I know I think Mike Leibovitz might have started when he was 27 Oh really? Yeah, I there's another guy that started when they were 27, but yeah, it's a it's a weird age to start because like when you're 27 you're like yeah, like I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm down. I'm going to do comedy. You know, this is what I'm going to do not realizing, you know, at least when I started I was like 10 years. I'm giving myself 10 years to get really good at this, you know? Right. Which which is a that's what it takes to kind of like do comedy. Yes. And uh but you don't realize you're going to be 37. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be like, "Okay, I'm doing comedy at 37." But it's a which better there's than nothing rapping. wrong. I, there's I, nothing I, wrong with that. No, but, I think it's better than rapping and then Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything is anything is better than rapping, but also like But rapping is still dope. I don't want to get on it, but I do want to talk about I want to go there and I wanted to also talk about our 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 coffees. Come. But uh yeah, but uh with rapping like with all this uh, 50 years of hip hop, like people are rapping forever now. People are rapping forever. And I think like with, um, with there's like a new, not a new breed of rappers, but there's like the Griselda camp, which is a bunch of older dudes. They make really cool, like kind of like street hip hop, a very like boom bap hip hop. Remember Denny? Yes, Mike Denny. Denny pro produces for them. I know. So we'll give yeah. out a shout out to Mike Denny. I've shout out to Mike Denny. Uh, uh, the original NYC Blunt Club. Good kid. Used to do stand up, but was it too, super into trap rap. Super into Gucci yeah. Man. Yeah, but he was like, he was into that. We were both into that. Uh, we That, that did kind of like bring us together. But also he just has a lot of, he was he's a wealth of like history when it comes to like skateboarding hip-hop new york he just knows and like, he's he an knows. art dude too he both of you guys have art school nerd uh yeah <laughs> you got art school kit a uh, cool go uh pumping through your veins as i would say uh somebody i was in san diego you know a couple graphic designers were you ever going to be a graphic designer no but uh, you know some graphic designers. i know some designers for very very well established brands yeah like yeah. head designers uh they're my they're my pals that's what happens like they go kind of like animation they're like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna just do my own art and then they get sucked up by a company I mean, because all these make... companies all need like uh, a logo and then they need the logo to be on everything mm -hmm. whether it's like on a stamp on everything so that's when they need the creative cat the art school um burnout to go I, in there i know I, I know i kind of give off that vibe but i've always been more of like an orator you know what I mean? Is it was less? Yeah, there's like a visual element to kind of what I do, but that's because like I'm self indulgent and I like clothes. Same, same. You know, but so I, the style's got to be right. But no, it's always been like an orator thing, which is artistic in a sense, but also like it doesn't have to always be cool or you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can be a you know. The goal is to one day become a charlatan, manipulate people with uh, delusions of faith and belief, oh. and sway them for commerce. Well, that's you can do that on the internet. <laughs> that's what all the uh, that's what all the AI bots are going to be doing here soon. I, I yeah, I just uh, yeah, I but but no, like, I I definitely like hung out, came up with, with dudes, but it was a long, it is a long journey for me. I was, you know, I was a sheltered Christian dude up until I was 
2022 i was always cool I, I always made a lot of friends or whatever but like as far as like venturing out and getting into like art and moving to new york and like my my friend recently i was in san diego and uh it was two of my good friends that knew me like for about more than 15 years now uh one of them has known me for like more than 20 and they're both talking to each other and like yeah rufat you, you got you're like a rebel avatar that's what they said about me. They said I, yeah. I'm, I give off a rebellious vibe, and I, I don't, I don't know what it. Is. I, I don't, I, I personally do not think so. A rebel to the grave. No, you rebel so? is good. You, you think, know, no. you think I'm a, I'm a rebel avatar? No, I don't think you're rebel avatar, but you definitely have a rebel spirit. You're definitely, definitely not working for the man. Oh God. <laughs> you're definitely not not wearing a wire. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But yeah, no, being a rebel is good, man. Uh, I do believe in rebellion. It's just negative. I, re I read this one book that blew me away that rebellion is needed for evolution to take place. And there's negative rebellion and then there's positive rebellion. Negative rebellion, I think, is like guns, shooting, violence. Positive rebellions like Bob Marley, uh, you know, just intellectual, just turning, uh, you know, just a the the vibration up a couple notches when when it's not when the level is low you got to turn it up yeah but you know there's a uh, a rebel at what cost because because here's here's the thing that i find and maybe i'm speaking out of my element because i do have to remind myself i'm not even 10 years in to to stand up or this art form i still got a couple more hits i need to take straight to the chin a couple more <laughs> knockouts i need to experience um but I, um, I would say, I want to, I want to experience for once. I don't know if I've experienced it yet, and I'm very grateful for everything that I have. But I want for once want to hear somebody talk about me and be like, he didn't deserve that. Oh, like he 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 got that thing and he didn't deserve. I want to just get something that I don't deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know, I'm sick of working for shit. That's what I'm sick of. You want to be hated on by the mass. <laughs> That's when you know you made it. I just want to not do some work and get something. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. Uh, I was on a reality show called Last Comic Standing, the very first season. And you it think was you think you didn't? Do you didn't think you didn't? You do you think you didn't deserve it? Oh, I deserved it. You I deserved was good. It. I was good. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, everybody was pissed off. This is the very first season. And not to talk about this old-ass fucking uh, Jurassic 5 show. <laughs> no, but this is, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I did I did fast forward. I did hit hyperspeed. And it does throw you off, though. You know, coming up natural and coming up, uh, you know, if if your spot isn't blown up, that's kind of a good place to be always creative because then you can still fuck them up. When everybody's eyes on you, they can kind of see like all your cracks, all your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, uh, right now I'm like, I'm glad nobody's really fucking with me because I can work on this. You know, I could fuck up a couple episodes on this thing. I could do that. It gives you freedom uh, to grow in the bushes a little bit. Yeah. So you don't want to be looked upon too fast, but yeah. <laughs> The struggle is for real and it does suck, but you are doing it, man. Uh, and do it. Both of them are hard as hell, man. To make it as a hip hop artist is crazy. And then to make it as a comedian is crazy. Yeah. But you've done both. Like uh, you knew Mac Miller. 
I I've opened I opened up for Mac. I opened up for Wiz, like your big shine. That was all in like college, and I the tra- trajectory was good. Um, if anything, the thing that I remember most about my experience as an as a rap artist, and the thing that like it kind of taught me with everything that I go through is um like I met this really talented kid and um he he's his name is Kyle and he started we started a group together and I stopped doing like more club you know more because I started leaning into like more like college club more like mass appeal type of rap and that wasn't really me. And then when I met him, I kind of just like really took my artistry kind of serious. Is like I wanted to freak people out more. And I think that's always been like my my thing is like even with comedy, it's like what can I say? I want to freak you out a little bit, you know, like and that's why when I first saw you, I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I freaked you out. No, no, no. But like you, sh- you know how to shake people. Yeah. You know, you know how to say some shit where it's like the other six comics are not gonna give it to you like this. Yeah. Yo, that joke that you got about the the uh, the bird and the worm. Oh, thank you, dog. <laughs> oh, Rob, that shit is genius, oh, Rob. Oh, thank you, Rufa. You're the good. bird and the worm. Oh, the bird and the worm. <laughs> I don't know how you worded it. But I don't God know. I, I know. Damn. Yeah, it's on my album if you want to go check it out. And I've been doing that bit loosely for years, but thank you, man. That shit is genius, man. And that that was I think that informed a lot of what I do is that I I want to I want to I want to start crazy. Yes. And then I want to take by the time I get to the thing, I'm gonna fuck you up. Yes. I'm gonna try to fuck you up. Yes. You got to fuck them up. No, uh you got to push it creativity like especially with stand-up it's kind of i was thinking about this with rock and roll and with hip-hop and with stand-up it is such a simple art form and it can be so played out that's what i get worried about like the Mm -hmm. boom and everything because it is just a dude up there saying some shit and then everybody starts to learn the joke pattern which a good joke works and is good but i was always wanting to try to push the next thing whether it was a story or whether it was a concept, whether it's a vibe, uh, a lot. But yeah, a lot of it is shaking it up. And that's <coughs> how you find out by going through bullshit. That's how you find out about yourself. Yeah. Um, was letting go of hip hop, was that a weird one because you've been doing it so long? Or was the weird thing is, I remember like comedy almost got cooler than hip hop or is comedy cooler than hip hop now or is hip hop cooler than comedy um i think like both are experiencing like let me let me see Loadedness? If, let me see if i could <laughs> yeah. sound uh sound sorry S- seismic shifts i don't know yeah. but but basically like um i don't know, i'm gonna be real like a lot no, of a real. lot of comedy is corny yeah. a lot of comedy is corny um a lot of hip hop's corny yeah, but that's just goes to show you that that is a commerce influencing art as it always has. You know what I mean? Like commerce like ev- everyone is always going to look at how much money I can make off something and 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 on on if you're going to try to cast a wide net 
and try to make as many people laugh, it's not going to be like the most revolutionary thing ever. And so you just got to like figure out if you want to be Beyonce or you want to be Nora Jones. Now, am I saying Beyonce is not talented? I'm not saying that at all. She has a good mask. Okay, you know what? Let's not use Beyonce as as a as a what's it called? Because she's like she's way too talented, but she's the queen. You know, she's like the Aretha Franklin. Uh, you know what I mean? Just like I, I would say, do you want to be Kesha or do you want to be Nora Jones? You got to figure it out because like Nora Jones is the god. Like, she has an amazing voice. We're, ne- we're never going to get anybody really like her. And But, you know, like, Kesha is Kesha, and she knows how to sell records. Yeah, she was kind of doing a Lady Gaga. Like, Kesha kind of jumped And I'm not even hating on Kesha like that, but no, I'm just saying that like, jams. that, like, technicality and skill and meritocracy and all that, none of this, none of that exists, A. Neither does the self. And yeah, the self doesn't even exist. So who who's to say art should be respected by skill level? No, yeah, uh, I think everything's kind of going through a big, uh, you know, big change. And I did see a, like this art dude from the New York Times talking about like critics really don't matter anymore. Like everybody can do it now. So it's like mm-hmm. same thing with stand up. It's like. In my day, there was a lot of prudes. There was a lot of like, you got to do it like this. Everybody else is a hack. But now <laughs> it's like almost a, a place, and I like it. It's a place of non judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, you know, holds people back is judging. Whereas, you know, the best art and the best music is not to overthink it. If it's funky and it's good, somebody said, like, the, yeah, there's no scoreboard in art. Like it's mm-hmm. either it either hits you or it doesn't. It either lasts or it doesn't. You know, it just kind of either. Sm- yeah. It either it's like a meal. It either smacks or it doesn't. And I think it 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 matters. You know, the person who's creating it, the vibe, the love that's going into it. But yeah, Rufa, I think a lot of it's just like learning to be yourself, and then channeling that in a comedic way with stand up. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest shit. And because you get dragged by looking at all these other cats. And the more I've learned, the more I've been like, man, I should have just stayed as weird as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, I kind of like where I am. I like where the world's going. I like that I can make beats. I can make this podcast. Rufat, I mean, it was supposed to be a little bit smoother than this. He helped me with a card on the GoPro. Uh, Shout out to producer Tim. Shout out to we. What are we drinking? Sang Vietnamese coffee. Sang. It's 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 pretty good. I'm feeling it. This it's is pretty good evening. Hours. It's a little weird aftertaste, but maybe that's just because like I'm. It's not like regular Vietnamese coffee where it's just like pure sugar. Maybe that's why you know. Yeah, Vietnamese coffee's like got that milk sugar. That sh- that honey milk. Yeah. You know? It's just like when you combine milk and honey. That's like the the secret syrup. Yeah, this got a little potassium phosphate in it. You know what I mean? They're putting other stuff in it that you're not getting at the Vietnamese spot. Yeah, but Some it's a chemicals. little can. You know, as cans go, this is a lot better. Let's say like a Red Bull of this would be fire. I would be so fired up. Like, yeah. This is an oat milk, cinnamon oat milk, which I like, which oat milk coats my stomach. I love, yeah. I, I, like I love oat milk. You yeah. know what I got to get on? What's that? 
I got a kit, and I've had it before. I think I had it in Jersey. Yeah, I had it in Jersey. Yo, sesame milk. Sesame milk. Oh, sesame nice. milk is dope because I love a. Uh, uh, there's a there's actually a Vietnamese spot over here that does a like a ses- black sesame latte. Oh my god! Yo, it's so good, man. That's crazy. So good sesame because the thing about sesame seed bun, like it does make a difference. Like you ever have a hamburger and then you have it with a sesame seed bun? Mm-hmm. Like McDonald's just killed everybody when they broke out the sesame seed bun. That just took them out into. That's how they sold a billion hamburgers. Because they started rolling out a sesame seed bun. Because a sesame seed, you're kind of getting that nuttiness, you know? Oh, yeah. I've been going through a big sunflower phase. I don't, I don't know if I could really notice it, but I like that it's there. I, it's like sesame is like, is like one of those things where it's like it, it knows how to go unnoticed. It knows how to not do too much, you know? Yeah, it's an it, you know, accent to the bread itself. Or it's just a little bit... But you could tell it's a little, I, I like things a little nutty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your favorite nut right now? Yo, I just bought some nuts. I like a good, uh, you know, uh, a mixed nut. Yeah. Uh, roasted, not salted, right? Yes. But um, out of that mix of nuts, I always like when a little Brazil is in there. I try to grab a handful. Oh, yeah. And I like, I, I, I like to have a little Brazil in there. Yeah. Brazil is a big boy. That's like the uh, that's like the king marble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's huge. It's round. It's got a good crunch, but it won't break your teeth. No, almonds will fuck you up. You got to watch out for almonds. I had a bad almond experience. Cashews are kind of my favorite go-to right yeah. now. Yeah, I like roasted unsalted. I like the little crunch that they give. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get a little. I don't know. They can get a little repetitive, like the because the taste is like so, so different and decadent that it can get a little bit like sensory overload. I know. You know. You gotta you gotta be sparing with nuts because yeah, I do go handful crazy on them, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, they're not as good as anymore. Like them sparing, and the same thing goes for olives. I'm going through a huge olive phase. Uh huh. Have you been through an olive phase? Nah. Pitted uh, or unpitted? I've got to always do unpitted. Pitted will fuck your whole world up. See, man. I think the pit the pit is there to help you temper yourself, you know, like to slow yourself down. I know. But you don't got a pit. Now you're ripping through twice as many. Yeah. But they're good for you. That's and why they call it a pit stop. Yeah, pit stop. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does make sense. It does. <laughs> I'm not even high and I'm coming, you know. Yeah, yeah you're Yeah, I'm it. seeing the world clearly. You're seeing it. Uh, but yeah, garlic stuff ones I'm kind of getting into because the garlic is good for you. It burns you out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nuts, almond, uh, nuts and, uh, and uh, olives have been uh, kind of like what I'm trying to steer my ship my health ship towards. I don't I don't have any respect for pecans. Pecans, really? I don't like pecans. What they don't know pecan how to, pie? Exactly. They are they are they need things. Pecans always need some type of, you know, like something extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't survive out on their own. Sugared, yeah, they got to be cinnamoned up. They, they got to be yeah, sugared up. Roasted, roasted. Yeah. But I do like them. I do. I, I get them all like, yeah. And walnuts are crazy. They oh, walnuts like, good. Walnuts look, good. Oh, they look like the human brain. They're just really dusty. Them. You know yeah, what I mean? After a while, dust. you got that dust. No. 
You got that, and, and then yeah, it get kind of coats your 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 mouth a little bit. I like a good walnut. Yeah. I like a good walnut. Shout out to walnuts. What about the pistachios without the shells? That I find those so decadent, but I still will grab a bag now and then, like the barbecue joints. I, have, I haven't really been a big fan of of pistachios. That's not my go to. I go to like I go to a gas station, and you know, I see the bag there, and I'm like. It's just what's your go-to at the gas station snickers you can tell me for real real what are we doing well are I we on a trip it's like, yeah, are we cross country you're kind of hungry you're kind of hangry uh they they're not gonna have anything perfect you just gotta grab and go mm, i'm grabbing some beef jerky right are but you still doing beef like jerky? Some, the hard beef jerky oh nice like like i like i like a like the there's this one beef jerky like it really it's hard to chew, you know. It's, I don't like when you get the beef jerky and that shit. It it it, it, it kind of feels like it's been been sitting in some water. You oh, know? that extra grease, that yeah. jerky. Oh, that nah. slim jim grease. Nah, I like it. I like a dry, like you know, a beef jerky that your your teacher that hunts would bring in. It's like yeah, this you is need venison. a dusty jerky. Yeah, you, you want your jerky dusty. I love a dusty jerky. Yeah, so like some jerky. Nice. If we're doing candy, sour straws, sour punch straws. Wow. Love sour. I've been eating them since I was a kid. You'll still do it? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so, you know, sometimes I just got to relive the nostalgia. But nothing is nothing is better than like some fresh fruit. But you're not getting fresh fruit at a gas yeah, station. But what, yeah, so I do a Kit Kat. I do a Snickers. I do a Reese. And then I go up. I do the dark but then I feel bad about doing the expensive Reese cup and you do you want the expensive Reese cup and then you're like yo I just paid four dollars for a Reese cup like I took and then if we're at a gas station it's like you know like more that you know out there they, they're, they're like yeah they don't you know they don't believe in equal rights for you know humans um they got paid <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you know you don't have a lot of healthy options there um I'm going especially like for a coffee yeah, I have, I have a joke about this. It's like my closer is about gas stations. Yes. So I'm not going to do it. But I do like going to like a place like a Wawa's, getting like a hazelnut coffee and then topping it off with vanilla creamer. Oh, yeah, man. Dude. I'll go nuts on those. Dude. Things. Yeah. Dude. Love a hazelnut with a vanilla creamer. Yeah, the the uh, the the truck stop coffee has gotten out of control. Well, not out of control. It's kind of gotten in they because they'll have good coffee, but they go crazy with their creamers. They got the pump. You got a pump action almond flavored. Yeah. What's, what's the flavor? They usually do a hazelnut. They usually do. What's the go? The, the joke. The joke is uh, the Irish cream, but it's not booze. Yeah. the 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 joke is uh, I like I like a like a gas station off of exit because they got the big big fucking they got the big coffees, the big ass coffees, and uh, they don't have oat milk there, right? They don't no. they never have a. They got Reese's Pieces creamer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got real milk from real cows. That eat candy. <laughs> we give oh, these shit. cows candy. That's your joke. Yeah, I'm not doing it. That's, check out Rufat doing that joke out on the road. Uh, but I love that. Yeah, they got cows out there. Yeah, that's how crazy it's gotten. It's yeah. definitely gotten that crazy. Is uh, Reese Cup. But I mean, that's what the average American. That's how the average American likes to drink their coffee. And you know, and 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 on a deeper metaphoric level, is like. As a comedian, you got to figure out, are you going to be the bitter cold brew 
or you're going to be the hazelnut coffee that needs the vanilla creamer. Sometimes, you know, you got to make these decisions about what you want to be. One thing I I, I am with, with my coffee, and I feel bad about it, man, but I've been doing it lately, but I've been stepping in. Sometimes I don't. I'm just an iced coffee with a little bit of, I would like oat milk. If they mm-hmm. don't have oat milk, I'm cool. If they got regular milk, yeah. I just go a little bit of milk. But when they milk it out and they pour like a half a cup of milk into my shit, uh-huh. oh, I've turned them down. I don't or have- I'll sit there and I'll be like, okay, that's it. That's it. Like I'll even like they'll do it and I feel bad about it. But I hate when my cop like I do want to, I want to taste that iced coffee. You know, I yeah. want to taste the shit. Uh, Sang is the shit. Uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, I, you, you know what I go, because I try to do intermittent fasting, so in the morning I'll go like shot of espresso or an Americano and no, you know, no, no creamer or whatever. But I think my favorite, I think my favorite coffee has to be oat milk flat white. Nice. I love a flat white. I don't know what that is. It's like it's kind of a latte, but it's made a little bit. It's really popular in Australia. Like I'm, I'm I was told by an Australian barista that like when Would he was made a shot of uh, espresso with the oat milk steamed out and yeah, there? there's something about it. Like the the you know I'm guessing that they white. that they call it flat white. Maybe like the 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 you know it's more frothy. I guess yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's not froth, and it's just like yeah, it's just like cuts to it. Cause I like, I love one of my favorite images is like an iced out coffee cup with you could just see the cream just slowly dipping, but not to the point where it's not like Dunkin' Donuts where it's just all sweated out and just all creamed out. Just you need a little bit, but uh, not to move on. But I just do want to give a shout out. I went out and specially bought. This is from the Housing Works company right here in manhattan there's only like three or four dispensaries that are fully legal housing works like they sell clothes and stuff like that yeah they sell clothes for the homeless okay uh and they may find housing but then they have a state government cannabis they kind of there was an arm of them the state's making that yeah this eric is- adam has eric adams is like Making I don't know cannabis. If, no, I don't. Uh. Th- yeah, Eric Adams is uh, <laughs> is stamping this. But this, the, the whole thing is, is like there's this black market in New York, and then there's uh, regulated. This is regulated. Mm-hmm. And I, what I wanted to pick out is like the perfect THC level. So this is this is called Weekenders. These are just seven joints: single strain, lift, sativa, energetic bliss, uh, lift, do, rise, create. Dance, play, sing. Weekenders cannabis is responsibly grown on a small farms. Our cultivation honors a legacy of working <coughs> with nature to create the finest plants possible. The result is the sativa dominant flower expertly rolled for energetic effects of bliss and creativity. This is also a female run company in Burryville, New York. So do you want to try one of these joints, my man? Yeah, let's do this. Let's try one. These are nice. They're 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 nice and uh, respectfully sized. Yeah, they call them dog walkers. Like this is what oh, okay. you wear. This is what you smoke when you go walk your dog. <laughs> okay. Because you okay. know you know smoking joints, like this isn't that hardcore, but the, the weed has gotten so um, crazy. Yeah. That uh, 
you know, rolling up a full spliff of Northern Cali, you know, super funk just sometimes isn't the way to go. No, it, it will uh, it will take you down a weird path. <laughs> um, been but, there, done that. And this is just not this is. So I kind of tried to I tried to find the absolute perfect, not too strong, but not too uh, soft buzz. And I think I found it. This is 16.6% THC. Um, So, yeah, and uh, yeah, these are all going to be outdoor grown. Here you go. Um, This is nice. Yeah, it's not too it's not too crazy. The bodega weed is good, but you can just get some really bunk shit out there. Have you had any bunk weed out there? No, because I'm not buying. A, I'm not buying weed like that. You don't really and, smoke weed. And, like and you know what? A lot Thanks of for doing the show. A lot of the times, I mean, I smoke weed, but like a lot of the times, people just give me weed. Like I got some weed over there. Some kid at the show was just like, "Hey, man, I I, I grow my own weed out in like Vermont. You want some weed?" I was like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, give me your Vermont weed. So, oh wow, this is this is delicious. But yeah, getting also free weed from weird... stand up is the best. And buying weed bums me out. I haven't bought weed in a while. Producer Tim hooked me up with some homegrown. But for this episode, Rufat, I wanted to kind of go out there and get the best of the best and let you try to taste some of it. Mm-hmm. But keep rolling. Keep talking for, to me. For some weird reason, again, just how my friends think I'm a rebel avatar. People look at me and they're like, oh, this guy smokes. And uh, I don't really smoke. No. No, I don't really smoke that much. I'm not opposed to it. I do it. I've done it. But I never went through a phase where I was like, I need weed every day. <laughs> uh, I have it, but then I did smoke every day. <laughs> uh, I kind of go back and forth. I'm kind of in. To tell you the truth, it's not good. A lot of this podcast, I wanted to try to class it up with cannabis mm-hmm. and try to find an honest dialogue about what I like to smoke, when I like to smoke, and how I like to smoke. And so, like, this is like, I know where this is coming from. I know it's outdoor grown. Um, and I know, uh, I don't know, it just feels, I, I, I feel a little bit better about smoking it for some reason. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, definitely. I, I, I like, I like well-made things. You know, I like a Japanese jean. I like a... Japanese yeah. got good jeans? The best jeans. Oh, really? Yes, very good jeans. But, you know, I was... Have uh, you ever worn a pair? I have two pairs that I paid like... Like 300 something dollars for. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, getting into denim, but a uh, good denim. I, I have had some good denim. It, 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 you could feel the difference. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, wow. Also, just like having a good like selvage denim is really good for the winter time because like oh, you don't yeah. really have to think about what you're going to wear. You're like, I'm going to wear these jeans and beat them up all winter. Why does denim feel so good to the soul? Some people don't like the, the touch. You know what? I've actually met so many men, so many, so many men, so many of my friends 
maybe it might be because of like fluctuating weight but they're just like yeah i don't wear i don't i don't wear jeans i try not to wear jeans but maybe it's like a weight thing like jeans really cause you to like like you got to stay this weight if you want to keep wearing me whereas other pants they let you fluctuate. It can a go. Bit. It can go either way with jeans, man. Because I do had some jeans that I, you know, are saggy in the butt, and they feel so comfortable, but they're probably not the best look. And then I had, you know, I never had some tight jeans, but I had some well-fit jeans. Um, if you gain some weight, like you can mm-hmm. definitely tell, like it wasn't as comfortable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, jeans can run the gamut from either making you look like the worst dirtbag that never showers, mm-hmm. that just watches online porn and eats Cheetos, or you could just look like the most healthiest uh, outdoors, down-to-earth, uh, uh, part Cherokee person. Jeans are important. Jeans, Jeans are, are oh, important. I've always loved denim. American, America is about denim. <laughs> uh, that, that's the, the red, white, and blue stripes. Those those blue stripes. Those blue. That blue where the star is. That's mm, denim. That's denim. That is denim. It's because other do other countries wear denim. Yeah, but like, but in, we kicked in, it out. No, no. But Japan is doing it at the highest level right now. Yeah, and that's because Japan does Americana very well. Yes, they love American military stuff. They love Japanese denim. They love jazz. Like, they love our, like... And we love they, their they, culture. They, we, we, we dig... Everybody dig, yeah. takes people's culture. Because I remember J- Japanese... I remember being tripped out because they would go through a 1950s <coughs> phase where they all dressed up like... They're fondas. still like... They're still like... And got the purpadu. Like, they got the fond... You know, what is that called? Like, they got the, the cut. But but that's what... That's what raw denim and selvage... That's... It pays homage to that era yeah. when, like, you bought a pair of jeans and they were stiff and you had to break them in. And, like, blue is midnight. Yeah, you weren't buying jeans that were pre distressed. You were distressing them yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like a your thing. Your identity was in there. But, yeah. Working on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Do you have a motorcycle? Nah. You got a you got a motorcycle. Nah. I I, I Do you don't, want a motorcycle? No, I feel no, 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 no. Vibes. No, no. See, I <laughs> give off very like I think by my look, I give off very misleading like uh misleading vibes that you think I might be emanating, which is like that is like true. he's a smoker, he's a motorcyclist, and I'm like, nah, I, I'm a runner. Uh, <laughs> you're kind of conservative in your own way. Like, I know I agree with you. Like, you're very controlled, and uh, like, but I'll ask you stuff. And you, you. One time you told me I was asking. It was something about like uh, Black Lives Matter or something. But it was you were just more or less like, let's see how it all plays. You were just like, you were very patient. You know. Uh, that- I don't know if you're always like that, but you were a lot more controlled than I thought you were. You weren't all motion. I, I, um, it's because I was like really radical in my faith. And sometimes I could be really radical about most things, but I knew what it was like to like have a worldview and form everything to agree with it. That you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Know, so it, I having a worldview that you know now 
you feel as kind of wrong. Well, I I had to say. I mean, yeah. I think everybody has that. Yeah. I had phases where I made fun of the people in the Grateful Dead, and now I love <laughs> the Grateful Dead. Or it's mm. like, yeah, I made fun of improv. Now I like everybody goes through these things, and it's I don't know. So when 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 because I was so radical about Christianity, now I'm like really slow when it comes to like when people tell me like you have to accept this thing right now at this level like you must be this excited about it and and i'm like not that i don't support things or whatever but like i'm just like i i, I don't know if i what, what's the word that i'm trying to give like i want to like take my me picking stances a little bit slower that's it yeah like i just want to have good views about things but you know what on top of that I, I'm feeling a little bit more led to also just like instead of talking, fucking volunteer and do something. I haven't yet, yeah. but I'm looking into it, man, because I think that that's important. We get so like bummed out about our situation in life, and it's like, bro, go go help a kid out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Go mentor somebody. Yeah, maybe you won't be feeling like like you know crap or whatever if you just you gotta go be do in something service. nice. Yeah, no, no. If you're in service, you can't think about yourself. And if you're thinking about yourself, uh, you're already going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But being, yeah, helping, you know, what I always talk about on this podcast, I want to get one of those claws that you pull the thing and I just want to go around and pick up litter. <laughs> yeah. You know one of those? Yeah. I want to make that hip on my block. And I've said it for years and I still haven't done it. But uh, I have a friend that I would just put on some gloves and I would just pick up litter. Mm -hmm. uh because i do think just picking up around your zone like you can affect your zone uh and that's all you really have mm -hmm. so you can you know you're all you have is like a hundred de feet degree and all around you at all times you know physically so you could create your zone whatever you want it to be you know so you could pick up your city uh, you could pick. I can make a, a lame ass room into a dope room really easily. As you know, I mean, you I, paint still. I want to be. Uh, I I think I want to coach like kids basketball. That's what I want to do. Oh yeah, that's great. I'm trying to look for like, hey, if anybody got a youth team, or go hire yeah. a coach of and college basketball. Yeah, could be a college bas. Now you got to be you got to be able to play to do that. You know. Ah, uh, did you? Yeah, but you play. Yeah, but nah, like you, you would have had to been a player, a, a D1 player. Most, one of my, one of most my buddies of the time. was a hoop head. And yeah. He ran a uh, kids after school thing in D.C. that took off. The whole city did it. Yeah. Um, and he was just a hoop head, man. He just wanted to play basketball. And he always did summer camps. So he just put it together with all his friends that played basketball and it mm. worked. Uh, but yeah, it, you do got to. You still play basketball? Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. I still play basketball. I've also taken up tennis recently. I've been like No pickleball? No pickleball. That's I'm, what all the people are I'm playing. I'm not I'm not that old yet. Maybe when I'm old old I'll pick up pickleball. <laughs> but I What like, about ping pong? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got I took my little brother to go play ping pong yesterday. At a club club? No, nah, at Brooklyn Bridge Park. Oh, nice. Yeah, they yeah, got the they outside got joints. joints. Oh, yeah. those are awesome. And they got the, the basketball still there. Yep. 
and the uh, roller rink. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's most beautiful, It's the man. most dopest park in the world. It wasn't always like that. Nah, it, nothing in New York was. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has a dark history here. Oh, yeah. Like, most things, like, they're good now, but, like, if you bring up, like, like oh, yeah, I went to Coney Island to go grab a slice of pizza, like, 30 years ago, people are like, how... You're lucky you didn't get killed out there, kid. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like that was New York for was getting a, some heroin. Yeah, just, New York was a madhouse, and it and was I'm, an adult playground. That's what I remember of it. It was like this is where shit was like super adult. <laughs> yeah, because people can buy hard drugs and ha- and hire do, prostitutes do you think, easily here. Do you think when you tell people like you live in New York, like people that don't live here or in, or in smaller towns, you think? they they think like you live in some type of immoral jungle because i get that i get that vibe sometimes i'll I'll go to like small towns and a a a lady will be like so where are you where are you from i'm like i I live in brooklyn she's like oh my god didn't 30 people get shot in a fire and a train took out a baby like she's just like the like didn't an old man get his face carved out like all they hear about our city is just like you're gonna get robbed some something bad's gonna happen and living here it's like nah man uh it's kind of chill i know it got a little danger element to it but it keeps you on your toes yeah but (laughs) yeah it's new, you know. It's New York. It's not what it it once was. I just oh, uh, yeah, that is funny when the the yeah from people they always open up with I could never live there. I could never. I do wanna I do wanna experience nature never. a little bit more though. I man. love nature. I've been in cities for too long, man. I went D.C. to fucking San Francisco to L.A. to here. But I did a lot of nature between all that stuff. But yeah, San Francisco's really pretty, man. Oh my god! I know it's like going through shit right now, and it's yeah. People are, have a lot of things to say. It's a hot button issue. It is. But man, yeah, San Francisco is one of the most visually one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. It was, man. It blew my head because I was an East Coast, you know, and a kind of like a kid from the South, like a small town. So I went there. I was like. Holy shit. It was like a small city that mm-hmm. had sick like nature views. Yeah. Yeah, I mean those and hills my, are beautiful. Oh my god. Those and hills are beautiful. And you're looking over like this uh, the edge of the ocean. Mhm. The edge of the earth, like the sunsets. I remember just like driving around like out at that outer Richmond like out at the ocean and people were just like pumped. People were just checking out the sunset because it was the sun just dipping down at the end of the ocean. Yeah. Like we don't see, I guess people see it now with Rockaway, like a lot of, there seems to be a lot of beachy vibes in New York, but in terms of SF and California, that was some like shit, man. Like, cause I just remember some dude was like on a bench and he had a Walkman on and he was doing his exercises, watching uh the sun go down. I just remember I was driving. Oh shit. Might have lost that. What? That's all right. I got another one. Oh no, me. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I smoked uh, enough. Of, yeah, I smoked enough. Um, yeah, San Fran is a is a beautiful place, but man, like, there's just always some like some craziness going on over there. Like, it's gotten worse. Like, there's always more petty crime. Like, the petty crime has gone up. It used to be like 
it felt like kind of out west. Like it kind of felt like Colorado to uh-huh. me. Like to me, like after being in D.C. and New York and Philly, like I was like, oh, this ain't shit. Like this is just like fun. But right around the corner, there is just like hardcore heroin. Like it just it it takes another step of desperation, like right off this. Like these people are fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, drug addicts know nice places to go and be homeless at. I know. Because, like, to be homeless in, in San Francisco, that shit is beautiful. I would sleep in the park. Yeah, somebody was shit. talking to me, and I was like, yeah, coming from the East Coast, man, it was like, yeah, dude, it's beautiful. Yeah, the park is like <laughs> Hawaii, man. It's like 72 <laughs> degrees out, yeah. and the sun's out, and, like, not too hot, but not too cold. Just beautiful. Uh, yeah, the SF vibe is, like, jeans, a T-shirt, and a sweatshirt, but you don't put the sweatshirt on. Not until it's, like, 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, you put the sweatshirt on later and then yeah. that's pretty much the rest of the day but if the sun comes out you might have yourself uh like a it's just like you might have to break out the shorts does it get really hot well, sometimes i'm just saying like sometimes la it becomes, gets hot yeah it becomes like the most beautiful place on earth it becomes like san diego but in san francisco you mm. know up north i uh I, I recently was in L.A., and I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but I kind of like L.A. <laughs> I have fun in L.A. I think you would have fun in L.A. L.A. is like all these grown adults, like all doing art and music and movie shit. Yeah. But a lot of them are doing it for real, real. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you could front on it all you want, but the dude just bought this house behind him for being on show X and show three and, Uh you know, doing this and doing that. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. the Yeah. California's, you know, I remember talking to somebody like, it feels like you're raining. You'll stand next to somebody and they'll just be get famous as, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, they'll be like Kanye rich or something. Yeah. Yeah. LA is, uh, again, and I love a city with Hills, Pittsburgh, Another city with hills. That's a great stand-up town. Yeah. It's uh, got smart people. It's weird. It just sucks that they're, like, so far away. Yeah. Like, it's a dope... I think think the thing with Pittsburgh... It's not an easy get-to from New York. Pittsburgh, they were trying to turn it into, like, East Coast San Fran. It's becoming that. It's becoming a big tech town. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that because, uh, yeah, it's cheap and then it's just like, you know, cheap land. Yeah, but now it's getting, you know, fucking whenever tech moves in, everything goes up, dude. Yeah. Like on the real, like San Francisco was unlivable. No, who's paying them type of prices, yo? That uh, shit is crazy. You got to be an Oracle DBA. Yeah. Uh, like that's wild that their rent is more than it is here in New York. Just wild. Yeah. But it's a dope-ass town, you know? And everybody wants in. But it was always found out. And that's what somebody said about New York. New York was always crazy. Like, they've always talked the same shit about New York, even in the 1930s. Like, there's no way I could live there. It's crazy. (laughs) Maybe rob my uncle. Um, Yeah, so they've been saying that. I mean, all these things, you know, you just got to get in the vibe. Do you feel like... Do you feel like uh, more shows are happening now in Brooklyn? Like, I think there's always been a strong scene in Brooklyn. Like, 
it's gotten it's, better the uh, the last few years. It's changed. It's changed. Gotten better, but you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's because I was such a young comedian. But to me, like the glory days of Brooklyn were just like when I hear stories about like Che, then my boy Kevin Barnett, then like the Lucas Brothers. You know what I mean? Bird Luger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wyatt Snack. Just, just like I, I, maybe it's because I was from the outside looking in, but I always thought that that was like a cool time in comedy. Yeah, there was a. Uh, it's still going on. I mean, you never could tell, man. Um, <clears throat> maybe, but yeah, that was a really cool time in comedy when Hannibal was bubbling up. Yo, that's when everybody really got hyped on. I comedy love that first Hannibal album, man. That album is amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, the animal furnace? No, no, no. My name is Hannibal, I think. I think it's... Yeah, I think I remember seeing that Let me see, let me see, let me see. I don't listen to a ton of stand-up, but I like Hannibal. No, that's an album that I would like listen to. Yeah, I would listen to it. If it came on, I wouldn't turn it. Just Um, because it has... Yeah, My Name is Hannibal Burst as his first album. It's so good, man. It's so good. He was grinding and he was grinding. He wasn't doing any of those comedy clubs. He was grinding in all these different little rooms down here. He yeah. Was a two drink, he was a ticket. He was a get a uh, drink ticket comic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he he focused on it, which was dope. And he kind of turned his back on all the, re- all the uh, club shit. It was really hardcore. Uh, I kind of dabbled in both, and I, I think it, it hedged my, you know, Hannibal just went all in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and won these hipsters over. <laughs> but Brooklyn's always changing, you know? And that's a wave. Like, the comedy waves are always, it's always going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And you kind of create your own wave. Yeah. Um, the older I get at it, it's like you just got to deal with, you know, doing it yourself. Yeah, definitely, man. It's 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 crazy to to see myself this far in. I'm surprised I've you know I'm surprised I, I've stuck with it so long. But I, I I signed up. You're doing amazing, dude. Yeah. Anytime that you're like prolific in New York, and you are, you're doing all the best shows. You've worked all the best clubs. So many comedians have come and gone before that, and then I think you're just at the beginning of figuring this whole thing out. Yeah, I know that I I know that that's the crazy things because I feel like feel beat up and grizzled, but I haven't even stepped into like really being mature at this craft yet. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm 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 waking up every day um, to new realizations of just being like, I, you got to produce. You know, you got to just produce your own shit, and you got to take it really super serious and like. Yeah, the more you uh, tighten up, but uh, yeah, that's the thing about doing this podcast. I thank you for doing that. You know, you got to do it weekly, oh. and we'll, we'll tighten up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you could. I I think the people watching can definitely tell like what the energy was like at the beginning of the episode versus when we smoked weed. Yeah, the energy got different, or maybe I feel like the energy got different. And that's just the weed. Well, do, do you think you're super high right now? I'm not super high, but I know I'm high. You're not losing it. You're itching your leg over there. But you're doing that. We all do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I watch myself on podcasts now, and I do say uh and duh, and then I do squirm. I looked. I'm. I will squirm during a podcast, uh, and I'm trying to get cooler and cooler with it, you know. But I think people like when you lean into the things that aren't. And who cares what people like? But I've I realized that a people laugh more genuinely, and I have a funner time on stage when I'm just like kind of bumbling and going kind of crazy the way I would in a regular conversation. Because I got like when I start talking about something, I get really like almost conspiracy theorist level, you know, just blabbering about it. <laughs> That's the point, man. That's what you want to get to the point where you, where you sound like a conspiracy theorist and you're about to uh, spell out your whole, uh, what's that thing you write? Because uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be real with you. I mean, that's like, you got you to gotta be pumped about what you're saying, you know? Like, you got to be into the shit. With everything you do. I know you could you be deadpan, be but even being deadpan is doing a thing. Saying, like, you chose to say it that way. Yes. You know? You're not being deadpan just because. No, no. That you, was a choice. That's a choice. That's what you, Usually it is what I want to see. And I was like, I always wanted to see somebody I'd go out there and be bugged out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my, my favorite guys, I got to give a shout out to Mitch Hedberg, of course, <coughs> and uh, Arge Barker. And um, definitely like uh, Jack Black and Tenacious D. Definitely like uh, Zach Galifianakis. Love Zach. Uh, all the weirdos. All Love the freaks. Zach. Uh, yeah, Zach is just hardcore fun. Live at the Purple Onion? Yeah, what? It is really good. I, I, yeah. I mean, just like, just one of my favorite specials of all time. See, that's the thing that, that's the weird thing about me is like I grew up on like Jamie Foxx and the Kings of Comedy when I was younger. But then when I got to college, I started listening to like Patton Oswalt and Zach Galifianakis. So I got more into like kind of alt comedy. But I still like think like 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 to me, like my two favorite comedians would be like Zach Galifianakis and Cat Williams. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Two two people who couldn't be like more opposite, you know? Yeah. Yet very incredible, like yeah, they're just very incredible with what they they're do. They're both oddballs, I'll tell you. That. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh and both incredible comedians. You know, yeah. Zach, uh, did I tell you this story? Zach, uh so I've heard this through somebody that nannied for him. Um, his kid doesn't know like what he does or what he's famous for. So I don't know if he still keeps this lie up, but he tells his kid he's a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know him that well, but I've hung out with him and I've opened for him and shit. And, uh, he does not like the fame. Like, yeah. I, I think he did secretly likes it. I think everybody secretly, if you're going to go all that far as how far as he did, but he, he's not a cheese ball. Yeah. He's definitely not a cheese ball. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely about the art. He's definitely about making it uh, funny. Like, anything he does. I just remember he would do stand-up rooms. We would do, like... I remember doing Union Hall with him. Very, mm. like, one of the first Union Halls I did down here. And it was, like, Eugene's uh, show. 
but he didn't hang out like he sat in the back and went over his notes like he was like a one-liner dude like, oh yeah, yeah 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 he and he would sweat over his notes right before he, and i was like man he was and he was like seven years ahead of me i think that i think the interesting thing about him is he yeah zach is a big one-liner guy but he knew how to make it he he knew how to make it seem like he was losing his mind while he was doing it. So he would, he would literally, he might have like, if he just went up, if Zach, if Zach went up there, right. And he just did his set like word for word, it would literally be like a six minute set, but he knows how to take like those same jokes and fucking just fall over, seem like he's losing it. Take a sip of a beer and burp. Like, he knows how to space them like six minutes out to be like a 30 damn near. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I could dig that, man. Yeah, he knows how to fuck around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, fucking around in stand-up uh, and dicking around is one of the funnest and funniest. And yeah, that is his hot button. You're right. Yeah. He can fuck around <laughs> with the best of them. <laughs> he, he just knows how to make it look like he's losing it up there. Yeah, he could take like seven jokes and make them look, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it's a whole hour of Dude, material. It's it's crazy. We don't. I don't. I don't think we give Zach his flowers, man. You know he mo- doesn't want them. You know mo- most He's of the kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> most of the things, most of the things that He's acted He's nice. in, have been characters that he created in his standup. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. Like whole movies just written about because he talks goofy. You know. Yeah, he's got a southern gay guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a you regular know. gay guy. He's got a southern gay guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, have you... He's done spots. Or, well, I haven't seen him do spots. Yeah, he doesn't like being famous. Like, he's gotten so famous that he bums out going out because everybody whips out his phone. And he hates the phone thing. Yeah. Uh, but the phone thing, I don't know. What's the word on the street with the phone thing? Are people still into the phone Dude, thing? Dude, I'm trying to get off of it, man. I've been... I think I'm decent because, like, I bought, like, a, a, an, like, a film camera and just, like, a whole, like, handy cam. And I make little cool videos out of that. Yeah, but I'm your, trying uh, to... IG. Your handy cam is so dope. So not to cut you off, sorry. Um, no, nah, it's uh, my IG. Just type in if you type in search R U F A T, I'm the first name that pops up. So, Fuck. yeah. Nah, man. I think like the phone stuff. I gotta like figure out a way to just like spend way less time on my phone. That's why I'm playing guitar. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That's... Cooking is good. Cooking is really good guitar i've been looking at drums or like a bongos hitting the tennis tennis. ball on the wall i did that dude i fucking went and hit a tennis ball against the wall for two hours the other day it was the most peace i ever had you kept it up in the air Mm, well when i was hitting the ball uh i was able to like go on a six minute rally with myself nice which is that's not bad 